So normally when there is a feeling that we don't want, what do we do? Well, the fact that we don't want it is the very indication that is telling us what we're doing is we're trying to push it away. Isn't this the case? When there's a feeling and it's unwanted, the fact that it's unwanted means that it's attempting to be pushed away. And that's that's normal. That's what is normally a conditioned, we can call a conditioned response to dealing with a feeling that we have learned we shouldn't have. That we have learned shouldn't be there. And there is a vastly different way to approach feelings which is more conducive of peace and happiness. But before we get to that one, it's helpful to see that every feeling we have, this is obvious, is we're the ones feeling it, right? We're the ones feeling the feeling. So no matter what the situation or the circumstance is, it doesn't really matter to the feeling. The feeling is coming up uh, independently of the circumstance. What does that mean? It means that although it seems like the situation is bringing up the feeling, this is not the case because we can see that the same situation will bring up different feelings within everyone. Indicating to us that feelings, the feelings that are arising in in any given moment, are not based upon the world out there, not dependent on the world out there at all, actually. They're all coming from within. Because we can simply see that nothing can really make us feel anything. Something can only trigger a feeling that is already there. And so we can see that every feeling, we can imagine that we have within us like a bottle. And this bottle has all the bottled up feelings of the past in it. And most of these bottled up feelings we're not aware of. So in the past, any time we didn't want a feeling or we try to push it away, we can just ask ourselves, does it work? Does it work? Beliefs are not necessary here. Let's just investigate this. Does it work to push away a feeling? What happens when we push away a feeling? When we try to push away a feeling? The assumption is it'll go away because we pushed it away. The reality is it stays Exactly because we are trying to push it away. Because recognize this, that the nature of feelings and thoughts, if you just observe the mind, the goings-on of the mind, you do nothing, not engaging, not trying to figure it out, not trying to do anything, not trying to change it in any way, just be with what's coming up, be that which observes the feelings and the thoughts that arise. If you just be that which observes, witnesses, watches, the thoughts and the feelings as they come and they go, you'll very quickly learn that the feelings and the thoughts, they come and they go of their own, very independently of personal volition. If it was up to me, none of these feelings would be here, none of these thoughts would be here, and yet they are here. So it's very independent of volition. Which means that the very nature of feelings, because this is what we're focused on here, is 
transience, meaning temporary. It passes, it comes, and then it goes. So why do feelings persist then? Why are there certain feelings that persist? They persist to the degree that they are resisted. So feelings persist to the degree that they are resisted. If we again imagine that bottle, and imagine any time a feeling is coming up, it's like bottled up feelings, the inner pressure of all those bottled up feelings. So before this, can we just recognize, let's recognize that if you have a bottle and it's reached its capacity and, you, and it's still being filled up, let's just say it is, it's still being filled up, what happens? It starts to, the pressure inside the bottle starts to increase. And that pressure is going to find the weakest point so that it can release all that pressure. So if you keep increasing the pressure, if the pressure of the bottle keeps increasing, the bottle cap goes poof. If you see any like cans of Coke that are being shaken up a lot, you'll start to see that. The bottle cap goes poof and all that pressure is released. The significance of this is that the tendency of feelings is towards release, not towards being held onto, not towards staying put. Feelings, for lack of a better word, want to be released. Not of their own volition, but of their own nature. The nature of feelings is that they move towards release. So, what stops them from, from that? is us. What stops them from that is when we don't want them there. When we don't want a feeling, what we're doing is we're putting the cap on the bottle. So a feeling has come up, is coming up within us. Let's say that the bottle cap in this instance is awareness, is us. We are the bottle cap. Our choice is the bottle cap. So it's a figurative bottle cap. Now, Within us is all this bottled up feelings of the past, and we are the bottle cap. And so all the inner pressure of all the uh, pushed away feelings of the past has is building up, building up, building up. The more we push away, the more we resist, the more it builds up. The more we don't want there, the more it builds up. And so soon it starts pushing up all these previously unwanted feelings to be released. And so we're the bottle cap, and we say it pushes up to the surface. It pushes it up from the depth. The pressure pushes up. The pressure of built up feelings of the past that were not released, were not welcomed, were not allowed to be there, pushes up all those feelings one by one, we can say, <laughs> just for the purpose of the analogy, to the surface. And the surface is equivalent to the surface of awareness. So from beneath to above. Uh, symbolically being from beneath conscious awareness to arise within conscious awareness. And then there is a choice. And the choice is as simple as allowing that feeling to be there or wanting it to be different, wanting it to go away, wanting to push it away. When the choice to push away is chosen, that is equivalent to putting the cap on the bottle and not letting the feeling come up, resisting it with all the might, not letting it come up. What does that do? Perhaps the thought is it'll make it go away. But in reality, putting a cap on a bottle that's already 
expanding in pressure just increases the pressure and brings up more agitation. So you see, we think the agitation is in the feeling. We're, we're saying, this feeling is annoying me. This feeling is agitating me. But it's not the feeling. The feeling doesn't have that power. It's the choice to not let the feeling come up that is the very source of resistance which is attempting to be pushed away. Now, recognizing this helps us make the choice to let be that which is, to simply let be whatever feeling is there. Now, there's no need to figure it out. This is the great thing. There's no need to figure anything out because it's arising in awareness and it's self-evident. It's just there. The feeling is coming up. The why of the feeling, why is it coming up, can be answered simply as the accumulated inner pressure of past un released feelings, unwanted feelings, has pushed up this particular feeling at this particular moment to be released. That is the why. If there is a why, we can answer it like this to satisfy the intellect. And then see that our only option is either to further resist the feeling that's coming up whatever it might be, maybe it's fear, maybe it's anger, maybe it's agitation, pride, vanity, hopelessness, depression, anger, whatever it is, desire, or a whole mix of them, or perhaps just broadly termed an agitation. Maybe it can't be pinpointed as to the label of this feeling. And that's not really too important. There's a feeling that's coming up and then we label it. So there's some feeling and it's either pushed away or welcomed as it is. To help welcome it as it is, if that is what you're interested in, you can recognize, we can recognize, that it's there anyway, isn't it? So the feeling, it's there anyway. And we can also recognize that pushing it away, it doesn't actually help. It's the thing, pushing a feeling away is the very thing that is building up all that resistance, that is the source of all that agitation and resistance within us. It's not the feeling itself. It's our unwillingness to let the feeling be as it is. And the feeling is there anyway, so why not just let go of all this absurdity and just let be that which is? As simple as that, to just let be that which is there, that which is and that is all. And to continuously do so without exception. That is all that's required. This means that you're taking the cap off completely and letting everything come up as it is. Instead of taking the cap off and then putting it on again, taking it off, putting it on again, just taking it off completely and letting everything come up as it's going to come up. Another way, another helpful reframing to help this arise help this willingness arise within us because the willingness to do this to let be that which is is already a potential within you isn't it it's very much an option to let things be as they are all we have to do or all that is required of us is to simply recognize that that willingness is already there and then just let it happen and simply watch and observe so something helpful to to help realize this, to help see this, is 
the approach of more, inviting. So like was said at the start, usually we want less of a feeling that's coming up and we don't want it. To begin wanting, to begin, not wanting, but to begin allowing and welcoming, to help one form of welcoming is to ask for more of the feeling instead of less of it. Really as simple as that. Instead of going in the direction of, I want less of this, I don't want this to be there, why is this there, this is bothering me, we go in the 180 direction and we say, that's okay, I'm going to invite more of this, even though it does piss me off, I don't care, I'm going to invite more of it. Uh, okay, maybe it's a bit intolerable but right now, I want more intolerability, <laughs> I want more of this feeling, more, 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 and that requires a great courage, a great determination, and a great inner conviction to ask for more of a feeling that's coming up. And so that is an option that is available. To further demonstrate this and how it might look, what happened before, uh, I can share a little experience, is so ASIC sent me a letter. There was again, like I said earlier, you know, the triggers, the situations in life are just triggers. In of themselves, they are neither good nor bad. They hold no power in of themselves. They simply trigger things that are already bottled up within. So the trigger was ASIC sending a, a fee that I didn't expect, um, a fee that I didn't expect, and all this anger, all this frustration, all this hatred uh, arose of ASIC. <laughs> um, now, of course, the hatred was simply pointed at, at ASICs. In actuality, it wasn't spe specifically at ASICs. I mean, I don't have any... I don't even know ASICs. <laughs> I don't know anyone at ASIC. <laughs> so it's not at ASIC. It, it was just a hatred and the current expression of the hatred took form with whatever was available, which was ASIC. So there's this hatred that arose. And I, I recognized it. I could see, wow, this is a, it's like a burning hatred. So I'd describe it like a burning hatred, a burning resentment. More than a resentment, it's like a hatred, a burning hatred. And so often what we do, we, 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 especially if we're spiritually aligned, we're aligned with becoming our most loving selves, being our most compassionate self. When this hatred comes up, very often guilt, guilt, shame. Why am I, why is this hatred there? Why am I feeling this way? Very often. But thanks to the work of David R. Hawking, um, in all the lecture series available on Audible, which I listen to at least one every two weeks, is pretty much my go-to, uh, sometimes more than one, two weeks. And this is my highest recommendation for everyone, is always to just go listen to uh, Hawking's on Audible. His lectures are available. Start with the... Uh, the the pathway to to God and then you can also go transcending the mind you can listen to whatever you want actually transcending the mind is a great lecture series just start listening and just listening Hawking is it said you know the reason these lectures are available is just to listen just through familiarizing ourselves with the content in the lecture series and how it's said and what is said continuously we get it by osmosis. We just pick it up. And eventually we start feeling like I knew this all along. Really simple. So to me, it's really the listening to these lecture series is the easiest, simplest way. Simplest spiritual work. You literally do nothing but listen. And the lectures all revolve around understanding the ego. 
Hawkins tells us how when we understand the ego, we adopt it out of our pet, essentially, in my understanding of it. When you see it for what it is, you see that it can't help but be what it is. And so we can deal with the ego, Hawking says, as we deal with our pet, as we train our dogs. Not through hatred, not through pushing it away and beating it, but instead by love. Through love and compassion, which arises naturally as a consequence when we understand the ego for what it is, instead of have all these illusions, instead of refuse it, instead of be ignorant about its true nature. And Hawking's also said recently in the lecture I um, listened to how never really in history has the ego been correctly uh, contextualized for spiritual work. And attributing this to the to the statistical statistical rarity of of enlightenment of 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 saintliness and all this sort of spiritual um, attainment, for lack of better words. And, and that's neither here nor there. It's just a bit of interesting trivia. Um, but it's also actually quite useful to hear that. And so these lectures all revolve around understanding the ego, understanding how it came to be. And in understanding it, it loses its hold over us. It loses its grip over us. Now, just to share my own understanding, so I recommend going to these lectures, but I'll just qu- share a quick understanding before I go back to this, what I was saying before about the guilt and the shame usually coming up. It basically, my understanding, very shortly, it's like this. Again, I recommend the lectures. I'll share my own understanding from the lectures, from Hawking's work. So we as humans, we as humans, what are we? We have inherited the animal kingdom, the evolutionary line of the animal kingdom, haven't we? So if we trace our lineage back, we go all the way back to the first animal cell. And we can look at the first animal cell, and we can also look at the first plant cell, and we can see how do they differ? What is the difference there? And we can start to understand what the ego is and what we're dealing with just by understanding this simple point, this simple difference. If you look at a plant cell, a plant cell can photosynthesize. Therefore, all a plant needs to do is just be, and it can survive. It goes on. It flourishes by just being what it is, by just doing nothing. (laughs) It doesn't need to do anything. It has its own way of, its own source of energy within itself. It's at least able to convert it within itself. Now you look at an animal cell, the animal cell can't photosynthesize. The animal cell lacks within itself an innate source of energy. So what is it left to do to survive? Well, of course, it has to get it from outside itself. And there is the ego. The ego's job is to get. So it's my understanding. The ego's job is to get. To get, 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 get in order to survive. And that's how it evolved. And it's not to be demonized because, I mean, that's not helpful, first of all. And secondly, that's coming from ignorance because they, you can see that it can't help but be that way, can it? It needed to survive and it formed this ego. It's just another way of saying getting, 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 getting. And so over over millions, over billions, sorry, over billions of years, the ego developed this 
incredible mechanism to get. When the first reptiles came, what was, how, how did it express itself? What was the first uh, ev- ev- big evolutionary leap in the function of getting? Well, it was the fight or flight. The very simple move towards or move away from. Okay, maybe, you know, maybe the, the ego assesses and says, oh, yeah, okay, I can see myself. I can see myself eating this thing and surviving and have a good shot. And so it moves towards. And then there's a big old lion right in front of you, like, nope, in front of a little lizard or a little snake. Be like, nope, no way. And so it runs away. And so that's the first big evolutionary leap in the gettingness of the ego. The second one, and of course, we still have this, what we call the fight or flight response within us, don't we? We can see it very simply there's a large sound or something suddenly unexpected happens and poof, you see it. In, um, most people, you just see the, bah, the sudden response, the ready to jump, ready to run away or to fight <laughs> in some cases. Uh, so it's still within the human. It's still, it's it's our inheritance. And that's that's the value of looking at the history of how the ego came to be is we understand it how it is within ourselves. We can contextualize it. That means we come to understand how it came to be, how it is the way it is. And therefore, when we understand it, we can then be okay with it. We can actually accept it. The intellect will say, oh, now I understand. It's okay that it's this way. In fact, there's no way it could be other than what it is. That's the value of these lectures. They help us reach this point within ourselves where we just get it. We get it. And we accept. Well, then we get it, and naturally, there's this acceptance that arises via this understanding. And then we see later into the animal kingdom the evolutionary evolutionary line of uh, the mammalians, and there we see the development of the emotional faculties, which we are also dealing with. Of course, we are all familiar with feelings. What's the purpose of feelings? Well, now the evolutionary leap of the ego was to survive via social structures via complex social structures and so all these emotional faculties came along with it this complex game to 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 which is really just another form of getting another form of survival this time our survival uh, it, it was learned that survival odds increase as a group and so all these mechanisms came to be in order to ensure that the group was cohesive and everyone would survive and there weren't some crazy ones that would let the whole thing down and so we get fear we get shame we get pride we get all these emotions it's just my understanding but i think it's a helpful understanding we get all these emotions that come up for the purpose of this new form of gettingness but it's still all about at the core of it gettingness it's all about me the whole ego is about me it needs me, 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 even though now the meanness is in a group environment. So it's like me, the group will help me. It's all about me. That's the ego. The core of the ego is this narcissism because that's what it's built as. It's built to take care of itself. Otherwise, how would it survive? So innate in the ego is, of course, the highest of narcissism, which says it's what's most important is me. And we can see that that's actually within all of us. I can see it within me. <laughs> I'm familiar with it. I'm get, get, getting more and more familiar with it. Um, and we can see how that's how it formed. How else could it be? It needed to survive. 
Life had to survive. The animal kingdom had to find a way to survive. And it had to make it about me. In order to reach a point where it could make it about others, it first had to go through a big, big, big chunk of time where it was all about me and how I could survive before cooperation even began as a thing. So, okay, then we've got cooperation for the sake of me, but still through these emotional faculties. And so we have inherited these emotional faculties. And then you get to the human. Then you get to the human, which is the most recent one for hundreds of millions of years. It was the mammalians and the reptiles and uh, the very basic gettingness. And then the human came and what was what's interesting about the human is the prefrontal cortex, which allows for rational thought and thinking, conceptual, abstract thinking. But that's a very new development in the human, in the brain. That's what... Uh, couple 80,000 to 140,000 years I believe from memory something like that compared to hundreds of millions of years so it's very very recent and so we see that the human has really stacks we've got a rational forebrain capable of rational thought stacked upon the emotional complex stacked upon the basic instincts of the lizard (laughs) and so just being human uh brings about agony because you've got all these conflicting parts all fighting for dominance all wanting to be in the uh in the leading seat and so we can we experience this as as our inner struggles don't we we experience this as our inner struggles even for small things sometimes maybe someone cuts us off in traffic or we get cut off or we don't get something we want maybe someone does something really small really small and we just don't get what we want and suddenly we explode and all rationality all reason or all compassion goes out the window for that moment (laughs) and you explode so just being human is quite a tough quite a tough tough predicament that we're in but we can lessen that the degree of suffering just through understanding which is what amazes me most about these um lecture series just by and this is what i try to emulate in these podcasts it's just by hearing these things we lessen the degree of suffering just by hearing it just by understanding it just by exposing ourselves to the material on a regular basis growing in understanding letting go of illusions just through this just through hearing we lessen the degree of suffering which is why i see the lecture series as the most powerful one of the most powerful spiritual tools available. Um, and simple, very easy, unaudible. Just type in David R. Hawkins, looks to the lectures and just listen. That's all. Maybe once every fortnight or maybe you want to smash it all out. Whatever. That is an option that is available. And it's a very, uh, it's one conducive of spiritual alignment, of letting go of the obstacles to peace, joy, and happiness so how does this relate to to the shame and guilt how does this relate to oh i feel all this hatred and remember what i was saying how usually we we might feel in this case the hatred and be like if we're aligned with compassion and being our most loving self what usually comes up is oh my goodness and feeling so bad um guilty and angry about having this hatred like why am I not wise? Why am I not more compassionate? Why is all this hatred there? 
And so in understanding the ego, we can uh, what I saw is and what I see and what I continue to grow in understanding of is that it's supposed to be that way. And so there's nothing to be guilty about. There's nothing to be angry about. The ego's job is to hate. How else will it kill? It needs to hate. That hate is, if you know, the burning hate is very energizing. It's very energizing. <laughs> and so, for for example, I'll give another example before this one. Um, just to help demonstrate this, I was dog sitting and the dog, the puppy, it was just a little puppy. It's very cute. I absolutely adore dogs, love dogs, love children. Just so cute, so innocent. So same wavelength, you know, just joy, happiness, having fun. And this dog nibbled on my, bit my, you know, it's just a puppy, 10 weeks old. It's still got a little bit of a bite. Uh, bit my leg, you know, it was just playing. Bit my leg. And within me, I saw arise this tenacious animal. That's what I mean by we as humans. We having we have inherited this animal. And so I saw this animal arise within me. And this animal, in all honesty, this animal, if left to its own devices, without the, uh, without, let's say, a master, without a, a master, so like a dog or like an animal without a master, without, without training, without a cultivation of spiritual truth, without cultivation of an understanding, I could see how it would have just kicked kicked that it could have easily kicked that kicked the puppy the cute little puppy you didn't see the cute little puppy anymore i can see it would have just kicked it and it could have easily just just uh, like ripped its head off <laughs> that's the sort of tenacious hatred that that we're dealing with that i'm dealing with that we all have inherited that that tena- that tenacity of the ego and of course it's it's quite difficult just to carry it and to be willing to and it's very difficult to be willing to accept that without understanding it without understanding where it came from uh, without understanding the contextualization of where does this hatred arisen from what where does it come from and so you know but of course i didn't kick the dog i didn't tear its head off um the animal would easily do that but i uh, I have no interest in that. <laughs> so, uh, intervening with uh, spiritual understanding and alignment with love and compassion and kindness, uh, and through owning the ego, through owning it, is really the key here. Through owning it, as a as as just an inheritance, it's just the inheritance of being here. The cost of being here for us. The cost, the price of having all the opportunities we have. This is the one place. It's the greatest place for spiritual evolution. This is the greatest place where we can transcend the ego once and for all. And we can return home. We can return to the presence of divinity. Return to the presence of God. Return to the full awareness of that which we are. The, the price of that is the ego. The price of that is the ego. The price of that is that tenacity. The price of that is the animal. And that's the price. And that helps own it. Okay, that's what it is. It is what it is. Just bite the bullet and own it. And then, when it arises, so owning it, you see, doesn't, in this case, it didn't disappear. It. It's still there. The tenacity, the hatred was still there. It, it was there. But it arose. And owning something, it's like 
you become the witness, the watcher. You're now just a happy observer. Owning it. Owning it means what? It means letting go of trying to change it. Letting go of wanting it to be different. Letting go of denying it. Letting go of refusing it. And just owning it. Letting it be as it is. In other words, just letting it be as it is. In full conscious awareness of what it is. And in doing so, we become that. We now identify with the watcher, the observer, more than the participant, more than the one trying to control it all. Just being that which watches, just being that which let uh, observes. Because the observer, by its nature, the observer lets things be as they are. The observer does not participate, the observer simply observes. And so owning the ego as it is allows us to be the observer and to simply watch it as it is instead of trying to change it as it is to something that it's not which is really a vanity to say that things should be other than what they are to say that the ego shouldn't be as hateful as it is is a vanity because you see it's hate it the way it is the way the ego is is the very thing that allows us to make such statements what allows us to be here right now in this moment is the tenacity of the ego which we now are attempting are aligned with transcending so there's no point poo-pooing it. There's no point judging it. That's just a vanity. Who are we to say with our meager intellect? To, are we, will we go against... I mean, when we say something like the ego should be different to what it is, we're saying that billions of years of evolution is wrong. And we know better. <laughs> of course, we know better <laughs> than billions of years of evolution. We know better than life. And ultimately, we know better than God. And so if we recognize this, we can see, oh, wow, that's very vain, very arrogant, and that's okay. That's, again, the ego's job. And so we accept it, and we let it go, and let it be as it is, and therefore transcend it. And so going back to this hatred, so where usually shame and anger at this hatred arose, instead arose a simple watching it as it is, letting it be there as it is, and even having fun with it as it is, which comes to the method of more, more please, more please, what does more please mean, more please, instead of saying less please, less of this feeling, we recognize that every feeling coming up is being bottled up, and therefore any feeling is more like the feeling that we're aware of at the moment, is is like a, in the highest of likelihoods, it's like the tip of the iceberg, and there's way more of it, and so instead of asking for less of it and pushing it down again, we're really being brave and we're saying and we're we're recognizing that if we want to be free of this we have to move through it so we're saying more please more hatred that's what i did the hatred started me uh it was a fun story the hatred started as asic screw asic screw asic and so i followed my teacher's instructions hawking as he said ask for more of it i followed his instruction and i asked for more of it uh and so I started playing around with it. And it was pretty fun, actually. And being like, you know, ASIC is just the worst. ASIC is just the worst. And the hatred intensified. And But it also, it was intensified for me in a very light way. Because the overall, the intense, the, the, it was seen as quite absurd. As I would be like, ASIC is the worst. And I'd be like, oh, well, I don't actually know ASIC. Oh, like, ASICs is just, I hate them. They're so bad. How dare they? And then what came up was the narcissism of the ego. How dare ASIC send me 
a fee. How dare they send me a fee? Which is, of course, the narcissism of the ego that we deal with, isn't it? How dare this this person do this to me? <laughs> How dare they? So I started playing with that even more. How dare they? How dare they? Do they not know who I am? They know not what they are dealing with. And playing around with it even more, going even deeper to a deeper hatred. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? Everyone that's against me, everyone that has a different opinion, they're all the worst people in the world. They're all, I hate them all. How dare they have a different opinion to mine? Just really playing around with it. Um, and then going to, to what I found at the bottom of it was anyone, anyone different, anyone who is not me is the worst. I hate them and they deserve to die was what I found at the bottom. <laughs> Which, I, when I said that, it was really funny. I saw it. It was quite absurd. And you could see, I could see the absurdity of it. And so the hatred at the same time of being uncovered was also uncovered in quite a light and humorous way. <laughs> because it's pretty funny when you say it out loud. That everyone... It, when you say it out loud, but see, the thing is, when you say it out loud and you know, because I knew that I, that I believed it. I knew that I believed it on, on a very... On an unconscious level, that this belief was there, that everyone um, who is not me is to be hated and deserves to die. <laughs> I saw that that was there. That's part of the ego. Could see that that very, very clearly that that was the structure of the ego, that it was based around that, that. And so, the hatred intensified over a couple minutes. But in a light sort of way because of this overall absurdity, overall humor. And then it just passed. The ASIC hatred just passed very quickly. Not because it was pushed away, but because it was moved through. It was welcome to go more, 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 more hatred until all of it, until the deepest layer of it was uncovered. And then it was gone. At least that stack of it was gone. And that's the method. Um, of course, it's very simple. I could have told you that at the start, but you see how you might need, and you do need, like 40 minutes at least of contextualization to make sense of this, to understand it so it clicks through. And so you have that aha moment, which is really what we're always on the look lookout for in these podcasts, is that aha, oh, aha. It's just a sudden, suddenly you see it. It's not a think. You don't think about it and you get it. You just get it like that. You see it. And so that's why the, the, I make these podcast episodes. And that's why, and you know, I do it to the best of my capacity. However, Hawking's is a master at this. And those lectures will serve you, I think, far, far greater than these, these podcast episodes. I'm saying that as a matter of fact. <laughs> as a matter of fact, the, the truth, level of truth there is just so pristine. Wow. So beautiful. And it's really funny, actually. Those lecture series are not serious at all. They're very funny and a wonderful way to spend some time. What other way? What's the what? A, what? A, what's a better way to spend time than to uncover the truth, to see things in the light of truth, to uncover illusions, to uncover that which blocks us seeing everything, to seeing everything in the light of truth. So I hope you enjoyed this episode if you want to follow this podcast best way i recommend is through whatever podcast station you're listening to apple music oh sorry apple Podcasts or spotify or google or whatever a podcasting station 
anchor click the note click the like thing so i'm sure they all have a like or a follow button and if there's a subscribe like a notification button make sure you get notified if you want to be notified make sure you get notified um that's the best way otherwise you can also follow the facebook group uh the facebook page sorry joyfulness broadcast i'll post the latest episodes i also have an instagram if you'd like other insight and stuff um you can follow the, the instagram is joyfulness broadcast um there's also a tiktok nick shibanov is the tiktok uh where it's just short daily one minute videos and stuff sometimes snippets sometimes most of the time it's just me talking about something uh that helps let go of the obstacles to joy okay so thank you very much for listening if you'd like to help this podcast grow, you are most welcome to share this with a friend or two um, who you think would enjoy it. Um, if you're interested in helping the podcast grow, that would be very helpful. Also, for anyone who doesn't know, I have a YouTube channel called Joyfulness Broadcast, um, and that's just on YouTube. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening to the episode I'll see you in the next one. I hope you have a wonderful day and just be more of whatever you are and don't worry, you're on the right track. There's nothing to worry about. You're here listening to these podcasts so you're already aligned with truth or else you wouldn't listen to a podcast that's 40 minutes already in length. You'd be somewhere else. So the fact that you're listening to this to the end is an indication that you're aligned with truth and you want to discover the way to uncover all the obstacles that are blocking joy and total peace. So you're already on your merrily way, whether you listen to Hawking's lectures or not. That's just another way to speed it up even more and to have a lot of protection from falsehood because we cannot discern for ourselves what the difference between how something sounds and how something is in truth. In other words, we cannot discern the difference between imagination or lack of truth with truth we cannot discern the difference between how something seems and how something truly is until we start to become familiar with truth through the works of something like hawking's or if you know the map of consciousness what's quite interesting i'll just finish with this so discernment happens at calibration level 600 discernment is exactly this quality where as soon you can just pick up the truth and the non-truth you can discern the truth between that which isn't true that can only occur at calibration 600 which is where classically the third eye of the buddhic body opens up i believe based on hawking's work um which is very exciting so also 600 is enlightenment 600 the map of consciousness goes from 0 to 1,000. Um, and 600 to 1,000 is the non-linear realm or the mystical realm. Uh, really, the, all the research body foc- of the lectures focuses on from 0 to 600. 0 to 500, because uh, that's usually what we're dealing with. And 600 to 1,000, just so rare. And so, 600 is very rare very 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 rare and that's the level at which discernment becomes a possibility until then 
we cannot discern the difference between how something seems and how something truly is. And so, the only way to discern the truth between the non-truth is through the map of consciousness and through Hawking's work to objectively discern before putting our faith in something whether it is true. The only way to do that that I'm aware of, that I, to this day, is the only way that is possible is through the map of consciousness and through understanding the works of David Hart Hawking's. And he has books called, for example, a book called Truth vs. Falsehood, in which he, the whole book is about truth. <laughs> what is truth? What is the nature of truth? Can we define truth? It's the first science of truth in history. In the history of humanity, this is the first science of truth. This is just to say that there is a lot of merit, a lot of value in this work um, that's both practical and uh, practical in a sense that it's applicable to business, it's applicable to life, it's applicable to relationship, and spiritual in the sense that overall just hearing it uh, results in the evolution of consciousness in quite a significant manner. So, I think I'll end there. Let you decide whatever you decide. Thank you very much. I'll see you in the next one.